What's up guys, Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com back with another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Fight Night Las Vegas 40, uh, Aspen Lad versus Norma Dumont in the main event. I think we have 11 fights in total this week. Not the best card to be quite honest. Um, but we have Costa Vittori next week and then UFC 267. October 29th, UFC 268, November 5th. Those cards are phenomenal, and there's so many great fights the rest of this year. So um, this is one for the hardcores, but uh, per usual, I'll be giving you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel, like the video, and comment below who your favorite DraftKings play is in the top end this week. I'm actually not going to talk about any top end fighters, so curious to hear your thoughts on that. All right, let's get into it. And my cash game play of the week is going to be Aspen Lad at 8.4K. All right, for cash games this week, I'm going to talk about Aspen Lad at 8.4K. I think I'm still going to target the top end in cash games, but there's no like one standout fighter I want to talk about. Klein at 9.2K, you know. He's a big favorite. He's got a good chance to win inside the distance, but probably somewhat dependent on a finish to score well. Emiev's a decent option, um, fairly dependent on wrestling success, but he's a big favorite. He's not a bad option. Godinez is fighting for the second time in seven days against Luana Carolina. She's an interesting option at 9K, and Fioro at 8.9K coming off two big scores. I'm definitely going to target this range in cash games, but... With only 11 fights on the slate, the main event interests me as well. Aspen Lad's currently the favorite at minus 130. She actually had a really tough weight cut two weeks ago when she was supposed to fight Macy Chasson, had to pull out, and was rewarded for it by getting this main event opportunity up a weight class at 145. So I'm not totally certain how Aspen Lad is going to look. I mean, she's had issues on the scales before and her one UFC loss she got knocked out in 16 seconds by Jermaine Durandamy so uh, I do have some concerns and I don't think this is like the easiest stylistic matchup for her but in cash games I do think she rates out pretty well because she has five rounds to work with she's likely going to look for takedowns against Dumont and she has some of the best ground and pound in the sport, really. Maybe not the most dangerous ground and pound in the sport, but when she gets on top of you, she will start screaming. She will start throwing hammers, and it forces the ref to jump in time and again so she can rack up significant strikes, non-significant strikes, control, takedowns, um, and or finish in this matchup. So I think she has you know, a fairly high floor and a fairly high ceiling in a win or a loss. Uh, this fight is projected to last a while. I'm seeing um, minus 137 over three and a half rounds, minus 112 over four and a half rounds. So about four and a half rounds is kind of where the fight's projected uh, to go. So that's Maybe it doesn't go the full 25 minutes, but it's projected to go um, several rounds at least. And I think in that case, Lad's pretty likely to score at least a takedown or two. And with takedowns come control, etc. Dumont, I think, may have an advantage on the feet here. Um, 
especially early on, I think she's a pretty effective striker. And I don't mind Dumont in cash games either. I don't mind either side of this fight in tournaments. I think it's a very strong fight to target on this slate. The one concern I have with Dumont is we did see her slow down against Felicia Spencer in her last fight. And she ended up on her back in round three and was controlled for multiple minutes and didn't get up. And that's not a great sign because if Ladd gets on top of her, that means Ladd's fairly likely to win that round, fairly likely to keep control, and she might do enough damage with her ground and pound to force a stoppage. So um, it's a good fight to target in cash games and tournaments. Ladd is going to be my preferred play at 8.4K. She's the favorite. I think she has higher uh, upside. She scores better on DraftKings, plus 190 inside the distance, a better finishing line here. So Aspen Ladd's going to be my cash game play of the week. All right, moving on to tournaments. I'm going to talk about Jim Miller at 8.7K. Good old Jimothy Miller there. He's getting up there in age, I'm not going to lie. And I do have some concerns about him, which I will talk about. I want to see exactly how old he is now. He's 38 years old. Um, Jim Miller is fighting an opponent in Eric Gonzalez who isn't as strong as the vast majority of Miller's recent opponents. So that is why Miller is favored here. I mean, Miller has only won by first round submission dating back to 2016. So in a span of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 12 fights in his last 12 fights, Miller has not won by any other method than first round submission he's got four of them and it's because he's still a good grappler but he slows down dramatically and his opponents have been able to push a pace take him down and win decisions he doesn't really land many significant strikes 2.65 per 15 minutes it's not a good sign he has 25 significant strikes in total in his last 30 minutes of action so there are a number of red flags with Miller here and I wouldn't be that shocked if he lost however you know he's coming off a loss to Joe Selecki he lost to Vince Pichel he lost to Scott Holtzman he lost to Charles Oliveira he lost to Dan Hooker those are pretty quality names and even Roosevelt Roberts Clay Guida I mean these are fighters who he's beaten who should be above the level of Eric Gonzalez, who's making his UFC debut on Saturday at 14-5 professionally. Gonzalez recently lost to Humberto Bandanai on the regional scene, if that tells you anything. He got taken down like 10 times by Hoffa Garcia on the regional scene and lost, if that tells you anything, coming out of Combate Americas. So, Yes, I'm worried about Miller having extended success in this fight. I'm worried about Miller landing a high number of strikes. I'm worried about him landing a high number of takedowns. So there's a lot of risk involved. But in theory, Gonzalez is a much worse grappler than the majority of opponents Miller has faced in the last half decade, honestly. And I still think Miller has enough tools in his bag to come out here early, land a takedown or two, advance position, and maybe find a submission. Um, and at 8.7K, you don't need to spend all the way up to the very top tier to play him. 
it's a decent price. He's got a bunch of upside, plus 180 inside the distance. It's going to have to come from grappling, in my opinion. Uh, he's not the safest fighter in the world, but we love to target grapplers. I think he has a chance for another early submission against a weak opponent. So I'm going to be taking risks on Jim Miller here. 8.7K, he's going to be my tournament play of the week. All right, moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to roll with Andrew Sanchez at 7.9K fighting Bruno Silva in a fight that I'm very interested in, um, both sides on tournaments. Bruno Silva coming off a first-round knockout victory over Wellington Termon. I was on Termon in that spot too, um, mostly because Bruno Silva had some red flags coming into his UFC debut coming off a major USADA suspension. His fighting style doesn't look great either. He gets taken down a lot. His functional striking doesn't pass the eye test for me, but he's still a dangerous finisher in that regard. Ended up getting a first round knockout. And I think that's his upside against Sanchez here as well. Sanchez has been knocked out a few times in his career, though all in round three, a lot of times he gets tired, so I don't know if, if Silva's really the type to sustain a hard pace and knock him out in round three, but it's possible. So I actually don't mind Bruno Silva here in tournaments. Plus 115 inside the distance is a great number. Sanchez, I like for the value because I trust him more over a 15-minute period. He's a more consistent fighter. He's fought hard three rounds many times in the UFC. He comes from a high-level wrestling background, averages nearly two takedowns per 15 minutes. So he has more tools here. And he also knocked out Wellington Termon in the first round. So it's not like, I mean, MMA math doesn't really mean anything. But I'm, my point is that I'm still a little bit uncertain and not really willing to trust Silva um, at this stage, yeah, he can have a big moment, hurt Sanchez, but over the course of 15 minutes, I would project Sanchez to be the more effective striker and probably have success in the clinch with his wrestling, with takedowns. Hopefully he can tire um, Bruno Silva out and get this victory. And either way, I think the winner has a pretty decent shot of exceeding value. You know, if we're dropping down to like 7.3, 7.2, Bueno Silva, Carolina, Danny Roberts, Landwehr. Like, a lot of these fighters down below in the bottom tier, I'm just not that excited about. They're not – they could win, but they don't have a ton of win equity. They don't have a ton of finishing equity. They don't have a ton of grappling equity. Sanchez, at least, ha has a realistic path to victory. And he's only plus 135 to win. Plus 320 inside the distance is not that great, but I'm pretty sure Silva has lost six times in his career, and I think they've all come um, inside the distance. I'm going to double-check that for you right now because he's 20-6 and six professionally, six losses, one by knockout, five by submission. So it's just another red flag. Um, yeah, maybe Sanchez wins a boring decision, but theoretically, you know, Silva has fought 26 times. He's never lost once by decision, so um, I could see I could see Sanchez hurting him on the ground. Maybe a submission is probably not super likely, but still, I would expect a victory from Sanchez to come from grappling to an extent at least. I think he strikes enough as well to produce a score um, that should exceed value at 7.9k. Still in a competitive fight. He's going to be my salary play of the week. Moving on to my fade of the week, it's going to be Dana Batgarel at 8.6K. 
Uh, Batgirl's coming off two first-round knockout wins against Guido Canetti and Kevin Natividad. Put up two big scores. That's fine. I think he's a pretty solid striker. But my boy Brandon Davis is coming back to the UFC, and I have probably lost a good bit of money chasing Brandon Davis, but I think I'm going to do it again to an extent. I just really, I really like fighters who can fight at a high pace, who can produce volume, who are tough. And Davis can do that. I mean, he lands 4.65 significant strikes per minute, absorbs 4.33. It's a decent ratio. And he also has some grappling in his back pocket, averages less than a takedown per 15 minutes. But like when you look at his resume, because he was cut from the UFC in 2019, he lost a split decision to Giga Chikatse, a split decision to Kyung Ho Kong. He was submitted by Zabit. And he lost a decision to Enrique Barzola. Those are his last four losses. Those are that's a pretty good list of competition. Far better than anyone Batgirl has ever faced. And in the meantime, you know he defeated Steven Peterson. He submitted Randy Costa. That's not a bad win. Davis definitely has his his issues, and he can be taken down. Only 56% takedown defense. But Baccarol is a striker. Baccarol, I don't even think he's attempted a takedown in the UFC. If he has, he just certainly hasn't landed one. Um, and his one fight that went the 15-minute distance, he landed 85 significant strikes but lost against Haile Alatang, gave up a few takedowns. So if this fight goes 15 minutes, I think Davis has the volume to compete with Baccarol. I even think he has the wrestling to compete. And I wouldn't be surprised to see competitive rounds and Davis edging them out and yeah you can say well Baccarol's maybe the more effective striker maybe he has a better chance at a knockdown that's fine but Davis is 14 and 8 professionally he's never lost by knockout he's lost by submission a couple times like to Zabit but he's never lost by knockout he's really tough and so if Batgirl can actually go out there and knock him out then props to him um then then I'll be wrong but I just think Davis is a step up um, toughness-wise from Kennedy and Natividad, and he's willing to take damage. Um, and he will fight at a hard pace. And yeah, Baccarel might be a little bit more of an effective striker, but Davis can compete with him, I think. And over 15 minutes, I would expect this to be a very competitive fight. So Baccarel, for him to exceed value at 8.6K, probably needs a knockout, in my opinion. Um... He is minus 170 to win and plus 248 inside the distance. It's fine. I still think it's probably a bit too high just because Davis has never been knocked out. But, yeah, there's just not enough grappling equity with Baccarel, not enough striking volume with Baccarel at 8.6K to really invest with them. You probably need a knockout, and I just don't think the chances of him going out there and knocking Davis out in the first round like he did Kennedy and Natividad are that likely. So, um He's a fun fighter, but I'm not going to have much or any exposure to Baccarel on this slate at 8.6K. And on the flip side, I think Davis is a, a pretty solid secondary salary saver at 7.6K. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Brett Apley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Got a full podcast coming up, rankings, projections, betting content, everything you want, dailyfanmma.com. Thanks to Pat and the team for having us on the channel. Once again, make sure you subscribe. And yeah, let me know who you like in the top end this week.
best of luck in your contest, guys. Uh, stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.